Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you're going to hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe that the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hello, my friends. How are you? Uh, Today, we're going to talk about our good friend, stress. And the reason why I want to talk about it is I've noticed something in myself lately and thought maybe it was something that you could relate to or understand and we're going to work through this together. But recently I was driving to go to Colorado to watch our son play baseball. And this time I was driving by myself. Uh, My husband was not able to go with me. So I drove by myself and I noticed like my shoulders were bunched up, like up on my ears. And I felt like this tightness in my back. And it's just me in the car. It's just me, my podcasts, my books I had downloaded, the dog, had my cup of coffee. I was ready to roll. I mean, I love a road trip. And this should not have been a tense situation. There was no weather. There was no road conditions, nothing. So what was my freaking deal? So I sat and really thought about it as I was driving. I was really going over this over and over in my mind of like, what is happening to you? Like, why are you sitting in the car driving? Should be happy as a clam driving along and uh, going to see your son and you're tense, you're stressed. What is going on? And I came up with a couple of different things, which I'll get into here in a second. But I want to address stress here. Uh, stress is a normal part of life. It's the human experience, right? Things happen. And this is how it's supposed to work is, okay, let's say, for example, I'm going for a walk. And this has happened to me a thousand times. But go for a walk. I've got my headphones in, listen to music, listen to a podcast, a book, whatever. And all of a sudden, a large dog comes flying up to the fence, starts barking at me. I have no idea it's coming, and it scares the shit out of me. There's a thing in our brain called the hypothalamus. It's this tiny region of our brain that's at the base of the brain. It sets off like an alarm system in our body. And then what happens is through a bunch of like nerve and hormonal signals, it prompts our adrenal glands, which are these little glands that sit on top of our kidneys, to release a surge of hormones, including adrenaline and cortisol. And we all know this scenario. We all know this whole fight or flight reaction in our bodies, but this is actually what's happening. The adrenaline increases our heart rate. It elevates our blood pressure. It boosts our energy supplies. It gets us moving, right? The cortisol, it's this primary stress hormone that we have, increases our sugars, the glucose in our bloodstream. It enhances our brain's use of this glucose to help it work right and know what the hell to do. And it also increases um, the availability of substances that repair tissues. But then it also does this. Cortisol also curbs the functions of our body that are non-essential or harmful in a fight or flight situation. It actually alters our immune system response and it suppresses our digestive system, the reproductive system, and other growth processes. And it also communicates with the brain regions that control our mood, our motivation, and our fear. So it gets things moving in certain areas and it stops other things from moving in others. Um, And normally this response system, this stress response system is usually limiting, right? Once a perceived threat has been passed, the hormone levels return to normal, adrenaline and cortisol levels drop, our heart rate goes back to normal, blood pressure goes back to normal, 
whatever, and the systems that were turned off now go back, you know, into normal mode. However, chronic stress is a whole other thing. So when stressors, and for many of us, that means perceived stressors, when these stressors are always present and we constantly feel under attack, that fight or flight reaction stays turned on. And so this long-term activation of the stress response, this fight or flight you know, response, gives us this overexposure to cortisol and adrenaline and all those other stress hormones. And remember, those hormones are the ones that tell our other body's processes to chill out while it tries to deal with whatever perceived danger is happening. And that's an issue because it suppresses all of these body processes that we have that are essential to function, right? And if those are always being suppressed, we're going to have health issues down the road. We're going to have anxiety, depression, digestive problems, headaches, muscle tension and pain, heart disease, heart attacks, blood pressure issues, stroke, sleep problems, weight gain, memory and concentration issues. I mean, this is a big deal, huge issue. And for many of us, again, this is perceived stress. This is an actual stress. Most of us aren't running for our lives every day. We're not living in a war zone. We aren't scrounging for food. We have roofs over our heads. That's the majority of probably people listening to this podcast, right? So when we react to life events, whatever they may be, and we take it in as things are stressful and we react in a way that our body sends off this fight or flight response system, it can be over and over again in this constant reaction to life like that leads to constant inflammation, which I know is a huge problem for me because I've had this lower back pain for a while now. And we've done all kinds of things, chiropractic care, just a lot of work on it. And it still pops up here and there. And I have to think, hmm, you know, maybe there's something to this regarding my lower back pain. And it's not, that's not all like there's sure that seems mild, but there's a lot of other things that this chronic inflammation can cause. And like I said earlier, um, you know, heart disease, heart attack, whatever, how that happens is this chronic inflammation, it increases our plaque buildup inside our arteries. And that's where the risk of heart attack and stroke and all those things are increased because of that. And it also can trigger unregulated cell growth, which contributes to an increase of a risk of cancer. So there's a lot of motivation for us to figure this out. So as I was driving to Colorado that day in the car by myself with my podcast, my books and whatever, my dog, um, I'm realizing a couple things. As I look down at my cup holder in my car, I have a very large cup of coffee. And normally during the week, uh, I have about two caffeinated beverages a day, maybe. I will do, I have a Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee that I do. It's got adaptogenic um, mushrooms and then coffee with it. It's it's a, uh, not as much caffeine as a normal cup of coffee. And then I'll have maybe a matcha later on before I go work out or whatever. And when I travel though, my caffeine intake goes up significantly. I have the largest latte I can get uh, as I hit the road. And then I'll, along the way, as I make another stop, I will order another either latte or a large matcha latte. 
and on down the road I go. So I probably double my caffeine intake on road trips. And caffeine is definitely known to increase the production of cortisol, your adrenaline, all those things. So those are stress hormones, right? And they cause our heart to be a little faster. And while we think they're giving us a boost to energy, it's giving us a lot more that maybe is not great for us. And while the caffeine itself isn't stressing my mind out, it is stressing my body, right? Through this response system. But I'm I'm looking at more of the things like what is causing me like mental, emotional stress. And what it's come down to for me, I believe, is that I'm living in the past and living in the future a lot because I find myself replaying things from my past, whether it's past hurts, maybe friendships that are no longer, um, some family stuff that's happened, you know, even the argument with my husband last week, I will rehash that shit. And think of what I should have said, what I should have done. I wish I would have spoke up for myself, that kind of stuff. And then I will replay events in my life that I have a lot of guilt and shame around. You know, poor decisions back in college and, you know, whether it's the job I didn't take or the job I didn't pursue, uh, the the trip I didn't go on in college that I should have, Um, you know, things I quit on. Again, dreams I never pursued. I will rehash some of that stuff. And then future stuff. A lot of what ifs, like what if I do this? What if I do that? What if this happens? What if that happens? A lot of worry around the kids, right? Hope they're safe. Hope they're doing well. I hope they're showing up for class. I hope they're not in pain. I hope they're not being hurt by someone that they love. You know, that kind of stuff, of course, right? That's just being a part of being a parent. That's going to happen. And then I think about like, am I doing my life right? If I continue down this path, what will my life look like down the road? Is this the right thing for me? And it's a lot of questioning. And then of course, last but not least, we all worry and think about potential health issues, either for ourselves or our family members. And then we just go through this, at least I do. I go through this living in the past and going to the future, the past, the future. And I'm in this kind of like cycle of thinking about all these things and I'm missing right now. And if I look at my life right this instant, things are good. There's nothing wrong. Like all good. Working on my podcast. Kids are all doing great, healthy, right? Um, bills are paid. Roof over my head. Wearing clothes. Belly's full. Nothing's wrong. So why do I keep doing this, going back and forth? It's like having this scarcity mindset at all times. And what needs to happen is I need to switch it to an abundance mindset. And so how do I do that? Well, I found an article because I want to be able to give you guys something to go back and reference uh, when you can. And I'm, I'm going to link this in the show notes, but it's a Forbes article that talks about the things you can do to change to a, an abundance mindset. And one is focus on what we do have. And in my case, I mean, I can look at my accomplishments. You know, I've started a podcast. I've had, you know, 22 episodes so far. That's a big deal. I've created a website. I've ran a blog. I have a weekly newsletter. Uh, you know, those are, those are things, right, to be proud of. I have a great family. I have decent communication skills. I have a pretty good sense of humor. Um, the second thing is to surround myself with people who have an abundance mindset. And that's where things can be a little tricky sometimes. We know that there's times we have people in our lives that are really negative or 
you know, you get together and they want to complain about things. And that's, again, you're, you're surrounding yourself with the same issue you've got. And so finding people that have that life, you know, the glass is half full, whatever it takes and finding those people. And a lot of times I find those people online and that's what I try and do is I try and use social media for good and surround myself online with people that are showing up with abundance and uh, again, the glasses is half full outlook on life. And sometimes we have to go other places than our immediate area to find it. And that can be a struggle. If you work from home, you're alone a lot, maybe, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that maybe are working against us. So it's really actively getting out there and surrounding ourselves with people with an abundance mindset. So whether it's online, getting in a community group, something that we can be a part of that will help us feel more abundant. Uh, the third thing is creating a win-win situation. And again, this article is more geared towards business, but I, I think if, you know, we can show up in a in maybe a, a, an argument or a conversation with a spouse or a friend or whatever and listen without judgment or come to a solution to an issue that makes us both feel like we're, we feel closer or it's a compromise it makes us both feel good that's considered a win-win situation it's not at an expense of somebody else right we don't have to i win you lose how can we come together in a conversation or an argument and we both walk away winning that's an abundance mindset uh, the fourth thing is gratitude. And of course, that's journaling, and I have not been super consistent with it. So if I can do some more gratitude journaling, that will help me feel more abundant. Uh, and again, what, whenever I've done this, when I focus on, okay, I'm going to do this gratitude journal at night before bed, I look for things during the day that I'm grateful for. And it puts me in the moment, living in the present rather than the past or the future. So it's super helpful to, to center me in my life. And then the fifth thing that Forbes recommends is training the mind to recognize possibilities. It's asking ourselves, if we had all the time and money in the world and we knew we couldn't fail, what would we be doing? It's a question like that that helps us open our minds to what's possible. So we stop thinking about all the potential dangers and all the things that maybe, oh gosh, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that doesn't happen trains our mind to think of the opposite. Like, look at all the potentiality we have. Look what all is at our fingertips if we think that way. So as the world, you know, can be a, a unlimited set of possibilities for us, that makes life a lot more exciting and we anticipate what's coming rather than living in fear and dreading what may be around the corner. That's two very different ways to look at life. And then the third thing to work on is our stress management. And I'm going to put these all in the show notes so you'll have access to these, uh, this list I'm going to give you here in a second. But number one, eating a healthy diet, getting regular exercise and getting plenty of sleep. I mean, that's the core of being well right there in itself. You do those three things, you're setting yourself up, you know, for success. The second thing is practicing relaxation techniques. Maybe it's adding more yoga, some deep breathing, getting a massage, meditating. I've been working on incorporating this back in my life. I was doing great for a while, then I took a break. And I think it's because I, I was getting up and starting my day doing other things and then trying to go back and meditate. My mind was already kind of like, you know, clicking along and it was hard to, to 
pull back the reins a little bit. So I'm getting back into it though, trying to get up, you know, do the basic things, wash the face, brush the teeth, you know, get dressed, whatever, and then going downstairs and sitting in my chair and starting meditating, not trying to open any emails, check my phone, any of those things. So if I do that, then I feel like I could start my day a lot easier. Otherwise, I'm fighting my brain after that. And I also found that sometimes it's easier to do it at night before bed. Um, You know, the morning isn't always, I mean, for people that have young kids, whatever, it's not always easiest to get up earlier and find that 10, 15 minutes of calm before the house erupts into chaos. So maybe nighttime is a great time. I actually enjoy this as well because uh, I like to read and that's usually a signal to my body to to wind down and, and get ready for sleep. But I find that, you know, sometimes you lay there, the monkey mind happens, you replay the day, you replay a conversation, you replay, you know, did I tick off the things off my to-do list today? All that starts to happen when you lay down. So meditating instead is a great way to take your mind off all that stuff. And um, sometimes, you know, you're not always alone in bed. You got a dog, you got a kid, you got a spouse, whatever. And so there's things happening. So I just take my um, my headphones and put them in just for about 10, 15 minutes to listen to something. So I've been doing that as well. So if morning isn't your thing because it's too chaotic, then maybe at least at night before bed to wind down and calm down. So I highly suggest either one or both. And then the next strategy is keeping a journal and writing about your thoughts. And this is also where you can incorporate some of that gratitude practice. I like to start my journal page with the things I'm grateful for. And then I get into kind of the mind dump. I just start with whatever thought comes first and I start to let it flow out of the end of my pen. And a lot of times things show up that I'm like, huh, I didn't realize that was bothering me. Or I tend to look at this like exercise as a way to find a solution as well. I believe that we all have this innate knowledge within us. We know the right thing to do for us in that situation if we just listen to ourselves. And at times when I'm writing, it's like the the knowledge or the answer just kind of falls into place. And sometimes I even use this exercise to be my own therapist. I even have asked myself questions like, what if this? And I ask a question and I answer it as if I'm the person I'm striving to be, my higher self, whatever you want to call it. So I use it in a couple different ways, but I think the main gist of this strategy is to just get it out of our mind and onto paper. And so that frees up your mind to have other healthier thoughts and getting this junk out of there. I do find that helpful. The next strategy is taking time for hobbies. I mean, good God, as adults, why do we stop playing? Who says that's a rule? We get to be an adult. Oh, you have to stop having fun. Uh, hobbies is what you do to go to relax. That may look like reading. That may look like going to watch live music. That may be listening to um, podcasts on a walk. I don't know. There's just a lot of things we can consider hobbies, but what it's supposed to do is help us relax, get our minds off of daily life. If there's some things that are going on that are stresses, it's, it's getting that chance to do something that puts our mind and body at ease. I just think that this is something that mothers especially struggle with a lot of times. Uh, we just feel like it's maybe selfish to take time away from the family to do something we love. I don't know. I think I've always struggled with this a little bit is to get back to some things that I love doing. Uh, I do love working out, exercising when I'm not in pain. I used to play tennis in high school. It was a big part of my life back then. And as I moved to Kansas City and you had to meet new people, uh, and then I just realized 
it's a lot more effort to find somebody constantly to play against. And I just, it felt like more work than anything. And so I just kind of stopped uh, pursuing that. The only thing I could fall back on that I could do anywhere at any time was read. So I do a lot of reading. I do love that as one of my hobbies. I do find that really relaxing. So that is one of my go-tos for sure. But outside of that, you guys, I don't have many hobbies. So that's another thing I am trying to incorporate and find what are my hobbies? What do I like? I love going for walks outside. Um, as the weather turns a little better, it's nicer to go. I don't love bundling up and freezing my ass off. So, you know, I guess that's something that's seasonal for me. But uh, if I can't do that outside, I do like to go walk on a treadmill and I'll bring up my iPad and read a book or watch one of my favorite shows uh, called The Midwife. If you haven't watched it, start watching. It's fantastic. It's on Netflix. But yeah, that's a struggle that I have. So finding a hobby is one of the strategies I need to work on. All right, the next strategy is fostering healthy friendships and talking with friends and family. Uh, This one is a huge struggle for me. It's a big missing piece in my life, that is for sure, Uh, for a number of reasons. One, I have a lot of friends that don't live in town. They live other places. And we almost have to schedule time to talk. Uh, and sometimes that even falls through. Oh my gosh, all of a sudden a kid, you know, uh, was sick at school, had to go pick them up. They don't have time to talk. Or something came up at work last minute and we have to push it to another time. That happens a lot. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. And so what we resorted to sometimes is, you know, getting on WhatsApp, maybe leaving voice memos for each other, getting on Marco Polo. And if you don't know what that is, Marco Polo is an app that is um, a video app. So you can record a video message for your friend and send it to them and then they watch it and they send one back to you. So there's this kind of delayed reaction conversation. Uh, It's better than nothing, but it's also not the real thing. So the other part of my issue is that I'm kind of in this transition phase of friendships. Uh, The people that I had been friends with for a lot of my life here as an adult. Um, things have changed. Just, you know, we grow apart. We change as people and the things we used to have in common are no longer there. And that's okay. But I have not replaced them yet with other people. Uh, I don't know for multiple reasons, probably because, you know, maybe it's the the work I do. It's kind of solitary writing. You know, I'm I'm doing podcasting now and I'm meeting people that way. But again, they're not here. Uh, and people work, people have jobs, they have kids, it's, it's impossible sometimes to get together. And it makes it a lot of work. And it's worth the work when we do get together. But it seems like the moon and the stars and everything have to align for that to happen. And sometimes it's just, you know, you get not say sick of working on it, but it just takes a lot of energy. And sometimes we just don't have that energy when you're doing a lot of other things. And sometimes it's one sided. Sometimes, you know, I feel like I'm consistently reaching out and then I don't hear back ever. And, you know, that's okay too. I, I take that as a sign of either they're just busy or it's just maybe not a friendship they want to pursue. So I have to kind of just go with it. I mean, I can't force somebody <laughs> to get together with me. And sometimes, you know, after a while, if you're the one that's always reaching out, it's hard. It's kind of a, a gut punch, you know, a lot. So I'm in that place right now. And what I have done, I have found women in my Kansas City area that I enjoy like paying attention to what they're doing. They seem to have a lot of the same values I have. And so I've reached out. We've met for coffee before. Uh, But again, kind of the work that I do with the podcasting, I'm actually helping produce somebody else's podcast, uh, writing, 
those kinds of things. And a lot of travel right now, of course, with the kids and, and baseball, it's hard to get together. So this is an area that I am not any help in, <laughs> but I have a friend. I have a friend, Nina Badson. She has a podcast called Dear Nina. I highly recommend to go listen to her podcast for any friendship advice. Uh, she is the queen of friendships, and I look up to her for all questions, concerns about it. So that is where I go to for any help. Next, having a sense of humor and finding ways to include humor and laughter in our lives. Oh my gosh, this is something that I love to do. And I, you know what? I rarely sit down and watch a funny movie. Rarely do I sit down and listen to maybe a comic or I, all my podcasts right now are very focused on like personal development, self-help, health, wellness issues, whatever. I rarely listen to a funny podcast. The one I listen to is definitely absolutely not with Heather McMahon. I listen to that one. I will listen to at least Myers. Funny because it's true. But other than that, like that would be a fantastic place adding more humor to my life. Uh, I do love a good, funny TikTok. That's been a go-to. I don't want like being on social media all the time, but if I'm on TikTok, I'm looking for funny. So that is something I will pursue. Uh, it's a definitely a good stress reliever for me, for sure. The next thing that's suggested is volunteering in your community. Again, something I'm not doing. Uh, I have thought about this many, many times. I don't know the place, how, what will feel right for me. I have explored a little bit with our dog about being a therapy dog. I think he would be fantastic going into like an elderly home situation, like uh, a senior living place or even a place with kids. He is such a lover and everybody loves our dog. And I've got to work on a couple training things with him to be able to do that. But that takes a little time. I just need to focus and, and get it done. But that would be something I think I would love to do. Maybe it's volunteering in an animal shelter. Maybe it is reading to kids. You know, maybe you, you like gardening. So you go either to your church or the school and help plant things, pull weeds, whatever. That could be something to, to do. Uh, the next strategy, organizing and prioritizing what you need to accomplish at home and work and removing tasks that aren't necessary. So I know that a lot of stress I have sometimes is because I procrastinate. I don't plan ahead. And this is huge for me. So I'm, I've got my planner out and I'm working back on, on my Sunday setup kind of strategy where I sit down on Sundays and I um, plan out my week, make sure I know what's going on. The hard thing for me right now is I've been traveling and driving home on my own the last couple of weeks. So I haven't had time to sit down. I'm literally, I'm leaving Colorado at two in the afternoon, 2.30, pulling in at 12.30. So uh, not a lot of time to do that when I have two hands on a wheel. So I just need to find time, whether it's sometime during that weekend prior to or Monday morning, I sit down and, and make sure my week is all scheduled and planned. So that is on my short list of strategies to employ for sure. And then the last strategy is seeking professional help, whether it's, you know, considered a counselor, a therapist, whatever you want to call it. It's somebody that will be holding you accountable to take action, right? They may even give us the same exact strategies I just gave you earlier, this list. But if you know you've got to show up the next week or the next month or whatever that you have it set up and tell them what you did, how you handled something, you know, the action that you took, a lot of times that's the extra push we need to make lasting change. But before we end this conversation, I want to share just a couple things that I have found uh, that have been helping me in the moment. You know, I don't have time to sit and like, I'm driving in a car to Colorado. I, don't, I can't go 
you know, for a quick walk to relax. I have got to do something in that quick moment to help myself take a chill pill. And so there's three things that I am incorporating that are helping. One, I learned this technique a while back, but uh, a lot of times if I'm thinking about the past, I'm driving and I'm like thinking about something that happened last week, about 10 years ago, I don't know, whatever the hell it is, or I'm worrying about the future. The problem in the situation is I'm not living in the present. I'm not living in the moment right now. So what I can do is look around me and literally say out loud what I see, tree, car, gas station, whatever, putting myself physically in the moment where I'm at right now. So maybe you're at your desk at work and you're ruminating about something that happened that morning with your spouse. Look at your computer, look at your desk and say the things out loud, stapler, laptop, phone, widget, whatever the hell your environment looks like. You say those things out loud and put yourself physically in the present. It sounds weird. It sounds stupid. Like, how does that work? Just give it a shot. Like I said, if you're living in your mind, you know how when you drive a car and you're driving to the grocery store and all of a sudden you show up in the grocery store parking lot and you have no idea how in the hell you got there? That's what I'm talking about. Like we're living in our mind. And a lot of times it's those things that we're thinking about that are maybe causing us stress. We're thinking about, you know, the fight you had with your your kid before they took off for school. You're thinking about this project your boss threw at you last minute and how you're going to get it all done before the weekend. You're thinking about you got to get your car in because there's a weird rattle happening and you don't have time to take the car in. So when the hell is this going to get fixed? Am I going to have a breakdown on the side of the highway? Like that's the shit we all think about all the time. Okay, take us out of that conversation with ourselves and place ourselves in the moment. And if we have to say lamppost, tree, dog, then that's what we do. The next thing that I I find super helpful in a quick moment is reciting a mantra. Uh, This is something like as easy as I am safe, I'm at peace, I am happy, whatever that is. Like you find the words that, that connect with you Uh, that you need in the moment. And so what this looks like in practice is saying, I am on the inhale of your breath, and then the descriptor word on the exhale. So for example, I am inhale, safe, exhale. I am inhale, loved, exhale. I am inhale, at peace, exhale. Super easy, very effective. And then the third thing that I like to do anywhere, anytime is thing called box breathing. So for example, it is inhaling, let's say for five seconds, you can choose how much time you want to do this, but five seconds inhale. And then you hold at the top, hold your breath for five seconds at the top, then you exhale for five seconds, and then you hold at empty for five seconds. And you keep doing that inhale for five seconds, hold five seconds, exhale five seconds, and then hold at the bottom for five seconds. You can do four seconds. You can do eight seconds. You can choose whatever you want. There's no magic to that necessarily. I've also seen where it's like, okay, you inhale for four, hold it for eight, release for seven. I think that's too much. Just, I like to make it even five, 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 done. And these are things you guys, all three of these things you can do anywhere, anytime. Let's say, you know, you're at Thanksgiving dinner with people that are driving you crazy. Do it there. Uh, You can do it in the doctor's office lobby, right? Sitting there waiting for your appointment and you're stressed out about what's coming. No one has to know you are trying to calm yourself because you know these other strategies I've listed aren't feasible in a moment like that. 
we uh, can't pull out a tennis racket and play a game of tennis while we're sitting at the doctor's office. We can't call our therapist in the middle of dinner at Thanksgiving. We, well, maybe you could, I don't know. Uh, you can't volunteer in your community in the middle of uh, a stressful situation, right? So there's some things we need to employ at a moment's notice that will help calm the nervous system and reduce our stress. So that is what I am dealing with right now. And I'm hoping if there's somebody out there that's going through it too, that this was helpful. But I have one request before we end this conversation. If you are employing some sort of stress reduction <laughs> strategy as well, go to our Instagram, go to The Odd Life. It's again, T-H-E-A-W-E-D-L-I-F-E, that Instagram account, and find the post for this specific podcast episode. Uh, go there and leave us a comment about what you've been finding super helpful. And that way it can help other people in this Odd Life community. All right, you guys, that's all I have today. I love, love, love this conversation. I love talking to you all, and I hope this was helpful. We'll see you in the next episode. Have a great week. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.